What's up, everyone? It is Thursday, October 26, 2017, and this is Rafael Garcia back for episode 62 of the MMA Ratings Podcast. I thank you for taking some time to listen to the show, whether you're listening to us live or listening to us after the fact. Um, we appreciate you doing so. This is a another opportunity for us to talk all things mixed martial arts and yeah we have quite a bit to talk about here so as always i want to thank you again for taking the time to listen to our show be sure to like our content on youtube share it there share it across all of social media instagram facebook whatever you want to do um you can find us also on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes as well. So be sure to like our content on those platforms. And thank you again for listening to us each and every Thursday. Uh, my partner, Shwan Hume, is unable to join us today. He has daddy duties um, with a basketball meeting. So, you know, his girls are out there trying to be the next Candace Parker and all that good stuff. So, you know, I commend him on doing that first. I'm sure he's listening and I appreciate him doing that. But um, he will be back next week as usual. And we'll probably have quite a bit to talk about because we have a lot to talk about for this week. I want to look at UFC Fight Night 119, which is scheduled for this weekend. We have the return of the Dragon. Leoto Machida as he steps into the cage against Derek Brunson. We also have uh, who? Well, I mean, man, I can't even think of who else is fighting tonight. But I also want to talk about UFC 217, and there's some interesting aspects about 217 I want to talk about because not only do I want to the look at the fights themselves, but I also want to talk about what's um, what else is going on leading into the fight because. There's been some interesting trash talk over the last few weeks, and, and, and there's trash talking that I kind of want to talk about because I want to know if if it's going into the pathway of going too far. Um, and I want to kind of talk about that because there's been some pretty interesting things uh, that were said by um, Kobe, uh, Kobe Covington and Yuana uh, Jacek, both uh, leading into their big fights over the next few weeks. So uh, let's start with, um, let's go right into, I guess let's start with some news first and foremost, because I think there's some, there's some interesting tidbits that came out. First and foremost was probably the one about UFC boxing which uh, was kind of was pretty interesting to me. I'm not sure if anyone ever saw this, uh, this story that came out earlier this week, but there's talks about the UFC promoting boxing at some point in time in the near future. I'm not sure if, if you saw this, but um, the idea of Zufa boxing, which kind of started, it kind of got sparked initially when Dana White was wearing a Zufa boxing shirt during the lead-in for um, McGregor Mayweather, which I'm sure everyone saw. But since then, it has come back up. And what was kind of, what, what was kind of, the idea is that is Zufa 
which is the parent company of the UFC, interested in moving into different avenues beyond just mixed martial arts. And this, and you can kind of see that when you look at UFC Fight Pass and the way the UFC is cultivating content there. Uh, they, you know, this past weekend was EBI. Uh, 13, you know, and those events get more and more successful as they go on. They're now adding uh, Polaris grappling events. They have Glory there. They have uh, other MMA um, on Invicta on that platform as well, too. So it'll be interesting to see if, if they are going to look into doing boxing in a small scale as well, adding that avenue of content to Fight Pass. I think it would be a good idea, too. Uh, and on the MMA beat earlier today, they were talking about the idea of Zufa Boxing purchasing uh, purchasing the the rights to top rank and purchasing from a standpoint purchasing the um, the opportunity to play some of their old content on Fight Pass, which I think would be amazing, because I think it is, there is value there. Uh, it's pretty interesting, it's kind of a segue, because this week, the earlier, I think it was yesterday, WWE, which is kind of like one of the pioneers when it comes to this model of an online platform for combat sports, they uh, reported that they had one of their biggest earnings moment in, um, in, the last quarter because they have 1.5 million subscribers to the WWE network and they're seeing uh, ratings boost across all of their shows. I think it's definitely uh, important there. So, yes, um, we see that that is a major um, opportunity there because the opportunity to not only present combat sports in a, an on-demand aspect, but present it in a form where people can get exposure to new avenues of combat sports definitely continues to uh, allow n old and new fans to get involved in the um in the in the avenue i guess in the sports industry and with the idea of zufa boxing being a thing i'm not upset with zufa kind of diversifying their portfolio when you look at it i mean that is an aspect of success can you present multiple avenues of revenue it's happened to multiple different um sports, I guess, sports dynamics. And that's something that I would be interested in seeing what they plan on doing, if it is a thing. Like right now, you know, it is all just basically a, a assumption and speculation because nothing's been put together in a uh, formulaic uh, method. So 
we'll see what happens but it is interesting to talk about it, it is interesting to kind of 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 grow with so yeah yeah let's keep a close eye on that and see what happens over the next few weeks and kind of see how the ufc responds to it bob arm is already chiming in taking shots at dana white and i mean you know that's bob arm he's he's been a man to say some pretty interesting things and pretty callous things over the last few years about mixed martial arts so you know he had his own things to say about mayweather mcgregor as well so i mean it is what it is but i think that this is another way for um zufa to continue winning when it comes to combat sports so in too 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 much time on that that's kind of like the main news uh story that i wanted to cover in the sport this week because we have two pretty big cards one this week and one next week and i want to talk about a couple things first and foremost when it comes to ufc fight night uh 119 obviously we have leola machida versus Derek brunson and i think this is a very important fight for both of those men i mean machida is man how old is this guy now he is 39 years old stepping into the cage after a two-year suspension which a lot of people think was basically asinine but he has been out of action since june 27 2015 and he is still riding a two-fight losing streak he was stopped by yoel romero and stopped by luke rockhold and i mean he's won one of his last four uh losing to Weidman, rockhold and romero before and he's also defeated cb dalloway but he's 39 years old, stepping into the cage again, and you wonder at what 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 does he have left? Um, what type of athlete is stepping back into the cage? He looks good. I mean, he looked really good for the the weigh-ins this week. He looked like he was focused. He looked like he's like I don't want to say angry, but he like he really is chopping at the bit to get back in there, and that's always a good thing to see. It's kind of interesting you compare it to the way a lot of people are describing how Donald Cerrone looked heading into his fight against Darren Till. Uh, and a lot of people talking about the way he looked overly relaxed or not necessarily, um, didn't look, I don't want to say mentally prepared. He looked physically prepared, but he didn't look so mental, mentally prepared. And, that, and a lot of people are attributing that to his downfall in that bout. But we aren't hearing the same thing said about Machida which is always a good thing. He looks good, and he's facing Derek Brunson. And Derek Brunson is, I mean, I don't want to call him a prospect so much because he's been around in this fight game for quite a while now. And what, um, you know, he, he's such a, he's such an anomaly to me. He's such a conundrum. I mean, because this guy continuously, he continues to do well when needed in the, needed in the sport but then when he runs into a dynamic athlete i mean he just loses he has wins over uriah hall he knocked him out and he's defeated lorenz larkin i think that that was a that was a controversial decision back at ufc 177 but he's dropped fights to uora romero he was winning that fight until he getting tko'd in the third round he lost to robert whitaker and he lost a, a controversial decision to Anderson Silva. I mean, he could be he could have a much better record within the, the UFC than he does right now. Right now he is since joining the UFC after being a uh, part of Strike Force, he is he's 8 and 3, which actually is not that bad. Um, the UFC current I wonder if they have him ranked. Let's see if they have him ranked. Wow. 
he is ranked at number seven in the middleweight division. So if he can find a way to get a big win this week, I mean, that would do wonders for his career. I don't see him as someone who will ever necessarily become a true title challenger. Not that much, but he's always been right on the cusp. I mean, I'd still look back to that fight against Yoel Romero. He was doing so well at a time when everyone was expecting... Um, Everyone was expecting so much out of out of Yoel, and yeah, he has kind of hit that point where he Yoel being a title challenger is definitely a um a sure thing. But man, Brunson had him on the ropes. He he was definitely doing his thing for the first two rounds before getting stopped in the third. So you wonder where is this guy ceiling? Are we already experiencing that, or is he at a point where we can expect something more? And this fight against an older returning Machida is an opportunity to prove that point. Are we going to see him step out there and be better than he's ever been before? Or if he loses this fight, I think that kind of seals it away that he's not um, hes not the real title challenger that we all kind of uh, expected. Not expected, but th that we all wondered if, if he, he could reach. This is the type of main event that sets that stage because it's, it's time, like the, the lights are shining the brightest. You're in Brazil, you're fighting someone who was a superstar there, or I'm not gonna say a superstar, but someone who is a homegrown hero there. Um, and a lot of eyes are gonna be on just this aspect of the fight, just for Machida's return. So it's now either time to step up or fall down for Derek Brunson. And I think that that, that, that time is, is upon us. And we'll see what happens. Um, I know a lot of people are leaning toward uh, Machida in this fight, and I would not be surprised. I tend to shy away from guys who have been away from the cage and been away from active competition for so long, for whatever the reason being, just because you know, that time away definitely does impact you. I'm looking forward to just that fight itself because I want to see what type of Derek Brunson steps into the cage. And another fight that really interests me is uh, uh, Damian Maya versus Colby Covington. And this is a fight that I talked about. I was excited about the minute it got announced. I think Colby Covington is a surging prospect in the welterweight division. I personally think that this could be a main event about any other on any other card. I mean, even in, on this card itself, if I was the one planning, I would switch the Brunson Machida fight and make Maya Covington for the, the main event because I want to see what it would look like over um, over five five rounds of action. Because Kobe's been running his mouth. Um, he's been doing that a lot more lately, uh, taking shots at Tyron Woolley. He's said some really uh, disgusting things about Brazil this past week, actually, which is kind of what I want to talk about when it comes to uh, fight promotion because and trash talk, because um, I definitely understand the reason why you trash talk your opponents. I'm fully supportive of that. I understand guys are trash talking their opponents to try to build up a fight to try to build some type of recognition for themselves to get people to watch when they step into the cage. That's where their money is made. But we cross a very ugly path when Kobe Covington is calling Brazilians animals and talking about, you know, the way they present themselves and the way they um, chant during the fight events. It's like, uh, it's like, it's borderline, I don't want to call it borderline, borderline bigotry, but I mean, if it's almost, it's just as offensive as some of the things Conor McGregor said when he was preparing to fight uh, Jose Aldo and Rafael 
those años. It was just disgusting. And I am a fan of Kobe Covington. I think he is a great wrestler, a great athlete. But you don't really have to kind of cut to that aspect to get attention. Yeah, we're talking about him right now, but we're not talking about what makes him special as a fighter, what makes him an interesting fight for Tyron Woodley, for Jorge Masvidal, or a Stephen Thompson or Darren Till. We're not talking about him in that sense. We're talking about him making disgusting comments that don't really need to be in sports right now, especially with all the other things we have going on across sports and across society as a whole. It's really just kind of better to, to stay away from those type of comments. And I want to talk about some other uh, comments that occurred within trash talking in the trash talking space as well in a minute but it's just unfortunate to see that and you know he's facing someone in Damian Maya Damian Maya is, might be just as old as Leona Machida I think he's 38 to Machida's 39 let me see let me see let me see no he's 39 as well but he's someone that has shown an ability to go in there and shut guys up I mean he's He's done it all. I mean, he's continuously gone into the cage and he's finished guys one after another. Like, you know what his game plan is. You know what he's going to do when he steps into the cage. And he always does it time and time again. So it'll be interesting to see if Kobe Covington can um, stop that, knowing that Maya is going to go in there, try to take you down and try to control you. We've seen it time and time again. And it's definitely something that I um, enjoy watching being a jujitsu um, athlete myself is something I, I enjoy and appreciate. I think that Kobe, I think Kobe offers, he offers the ability to stop a stop takedowns, which is definitely key. And he offers the wrestling ability to be able to remain in positions of control once he gets on top which I think also think is key if Damian Maya attempts to pull guard. We've seen in the past that he does not shy away from pulling guard to kind of get someone on the ground to begin working his jiu-jitsu, which is always dangerous. Kobe does have the ability, ability to um, get on top and hold position there, but he's also aggressive as well, which I think is something that is very, uh, very interesting to watch in this fight. It'll be interesting to see where his aggression lies. I don't expect him to take the same type of stance that Tyron Woodley took and you know everyone is still upset about that fight but he has an ability to be very aggressive I mean Dong Young Kim Dong Young Kim is a great grappler as well great high level judoka who um who I've always wanted to see compete against Damian Maya but I mean uh Kobe Covington basically dominated him I actually think Dong Young Kim did a Grappling match recently. Let me see. Um, just did one. Give me a second. Give me a second. Give me a second. Uh, so, Keenan. Huh. I feel like Don Young Kim. Yeah, Don Young Kim is fighting DJ Jackson. Um, it was last weekend. It was last weekend, and I do not know who won that. Who won that? That is a. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. 
So DJ Jackson and Dong Young Kim had a Noki super fight in Korea last weekend, and I do not know who won. So let me so let's find out real quick. But that just lets you know how dangerous of a grappler Dong Young Kim is. Uh, DJ Jackson won. He won by points, two nothing. So, but yeah, I mean, he goes out there and he and he's willing to compete against the best grapplers in the world. So that kind of lets you know what Kobe Covington is able to do, because Covington was able to control uh, Dion Kim across three rounds and get a decision, a unanimous decision victory there. So that's probably the most, um, the biggest name grappler he's faced. He has been submitted in the past. He was submitted by Raleigh Alves via uh, guillotine, but he also, I mean, he dominated Mike Pyle, who's another um, great grappler. In, in the game, so we'll we'll see what he has for Damian Maya. I mean, it doesn't get better on the ground when it comes to Damian Maya. Maybe um, Jacare Sosa, maybe uh, Fabrizio Rodum. I mean, you have very few names that can kind of keep up with Damian Maya when it comes to jujitsu for MMA at this level. What we've seen some other guys that are um, coming up through the ranks. So we'll see how that how that goes. So I'm really interested in that fight, and it's unfortunate that Kobe had to kind of taint it, for lack of a better term, with some of the terms that he's used over the last few days. I just think, that, like, man, you got to do better. I get what you're trying to do, but you have to do better than that because it's it's, it's an unfortunate way to um, promote yourself and get out in front of the uh, the, the fans because no one. No one really wants to. No one wants to see that shit. Black with a better term. I don't want to. I know a lot of people don't want to. No one. No one wants to see that shit, man. You. You can do better. You can do better. So that kind of helps me segue into some other interesting, uh, I guess, words of trash talk that came out this week between Joanna Yunjacek and Rose Namajunas. And this is probably this. I don't want to say disturbing. I don't want to use the same term that this is more disturbing, but it was more. It was more of a it was more difficult of a conversation when I saw what was said and the response to it. Um, obviously, during the media call on I think it was Wednesday of this week. Uh, yeah, Wednesday. <laughs> during the media call, Nama Yunus made a comment about being um, better a better fighter mentally. And if you're not, if you're unaware, you know, Namunis has spoken openly about her struggles from a mental standpoint with the fight game and with her um, everyday life. I mean, mental health is a is an important conversation point that a lot of people just aren't talking about. But she was open and talking about her um, issues. She was open and talking about some of her struggles. And her quote was basically, this is her quote on Wednesday during the media conference call. Really, what I've learned from the first title fight is I've gotten, if I, is I've just gotten better mentally. Nami Hunas said Wednesday, like I've overcome some demons in my path, and just every day I wake up and I'm a fucking champion. So that's my mindset all the time, and that's and that's something that I think this fight could be a great PSA announcement for mental health awareness. I think I'm a champion for that, and I just overcome, and just overcoming a lot of demons in my path. 
and I'm so much stronger from it and I'm going to continue to be stronger. That is what um, Namayuna said. And again, as, as I said, you know, she's been very open and very um, clear about her um, about her statements there. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. But Young Jacek, I mean, Young Jacek being the she's uh, she's I mean this in the greatest of ways. But she's such an antagonist in such a way it's, it's great like she's a champion who even from her stare her face-offs she gets in your like it, you can tell the little things she's doing to get into people's heads get under their skin and just kind of like either piss them off make them doubt themselves a little bit let them know that she is like the boogeyman that's coming to haunt them for the rest of life she does it in such a way that's so perfect that i love it each and every time seeing it and this is her response she says hey listen to yourself you don't even want to do media. You don't want to do extra media. How do you want to be a champion and deal with all these things? You know what? You're not stronger mentally. You are mentally unstable and you are broken already and I will break you in, in the fight. I mean, I don't even know how how do you how do you respond to that? How do you how do you respond to a situation where she she basically took Nama Yunus's uh, statement and basically pulled it apart and, and like stuck a knife right into it. Nama Yunus goes on, she goes, um, because people wanted like people began asking what was her response to Yon Jacek's statement and how she was able to dig at her so in such a mental fashion. Uh, Nama Yunus goes, I'm not sure if it's maybe a cultural difference or something like that, but for me, it's something not that's, it's not something that's taken lightly, speaking about the mental health issues. My family has been torn apart by this. My dad died and he wasn't in my life because he has schizophrenia. So it's been something that my entire family has been fighting against since I can remember. So this fight means a lot to me and it's just not, uh, and it's not just about that belt, it's more than that. And I want to inspire other people to fucking do whatever the fuck you want to do and do what makes you happy and be a good person. You can overcome anything. Um, like, and your J check continued continued to continue to poke at her, poke at her, poke at her, poke at her. But Namunis didn't, um, didn't respond. And it was, it's such a, it was such a great, uh, back and forth, not even a back and forth, but just to say it's such a great dynamic that makes me want to see this fight so much more. And this is so different than the fake trash talk that you see, like going back to like a GSP and Josh Koshtek, some of the, the, some of the stuff that Conor McGregor said over the years. This is so much better than that because that is clearly contrite and it's, or excuse, that's, excuse me, clearly contrived and it's clearly just not real. It's someone trying to build up something so people can want to make money and, and or and want to watch the fight. I get that. That has its place. This here feels much more real because you're going after something that's almost untouchable. Kind of like the way that Besh Kohea made the comment about Ronda Rousey's father committing suicide. It's almost like you, it's like this is something you can't touch or this is something that is like an unspoken rule, but Young know, Jacek went after it anyway, and it was just something to I that caught that totally caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting this. And Nami Hunis's last statement was, "I might be crazy, but I'm dangerous too." That right there is a is a soundbite in and of itself. So I mean, you really like this. I I hope I hope someone caught these 
caught the interview and caught the conversation back and forth to take these and turn them into sound bites because we have little, we have more than a week. Uh, that fight is on the fourth, right? They're fighting on the fourth. I just want to be right. Just want to confirm. Just want to confirm. They are fighting on yes, the fourth. UFC 217 on the fourth, and. This is the type of commentary that would definitely help promote that fight. I'm not saying it, it would do major numbers or anything like that because UFC 217 is projected to be lower than expected. But man, that sells this fight right there. That commentary, that back and forth, it sells this fight in a different fashion. Not necessarily saying that you, you this is this the wrong reason why you want to, but it makes it so much more intriguing. It builds up Nami Yunus as a story. Like if she does win and if she does become champion, man, you have someone who is a champion of a cause right there, and this brings it to light. Um, if Young Jacek wins, she, this I mean, this kind of continues building her mystique, building her legacy, and just making making her much more of a dangerous, ominous figure for these women to face, especially as the conversation becomes with her moving up to 125. There's so many different aspects to that, but that commentary right there made me stop and pause and just shake my head and just say, "Yes, this is um, this is an amazing moment." And it and it just and I was glad to be able to read about this and see what's next for these two women. But obviously, the main event of UFC 217 is between GSP and Michael Bisping. And I mean, yeah, I'm going to watch. True and true, I'm going to watch. Um. Clearly, this fight doesn't interest me as much as the co-main event with Young Jacek and uh, Nama Yunus. And we're going to talk more about this next week when um, Schwann's back and I can't wait to hear his uh, insight on all these fights as well. But this feels like more of the UFC pushing a fight on fight fans to basically make money. Obviously, they're always trying to make money. That's, that's the name of the game. But this just didn't, it didn't feel right from jump. And it doesn't feel right now. It just seems like a, a, a money grab type of a fight. It holds up. The Sorry about that, but this is definitely a fight that the UFC is trying to use to just kind of 
kind of, I don't, uh, it's holding up the whole, the whole division. Yeah, Robert Whitaker is hurt, but I'm not excited for this middleweight fight at all. I mean, who has, um, I can't, like, who has he really, he being, um, Michael Bisbing, I mean, he, he's just not, he's a champion, yes, but he's he's almost not the champion. He's kind of like a, I don't, he deserves this position because he, you know, he is who he, who he's been, but I mean, he, it's been a year since he defended the title. He defended it once against Dan Henderson, a guy who was ranked number 15 in the division. Now he's defending the belt against a man who's never fought at middleweight and is coming off of a two-year layoff as well. I mean, two-year layoff? Let me see how long he was out the cave. Three. Whoa, four years? I did not... I Man, four years since GSP has been out of the cage and also dealing with knee injuries as well. So he's facing someone who's not... who isn't a recognizable name. There's a lot of commentary going on right now about that, whether or not GSP is the name that everyone thought he was or everyone expects him to be which is understandable you know it's been it's been a long time since he's been out and i'm interested in seeing what the buyer numbers are um this weekend or next weekend excuse me what the pay-per-view rate buy rates are because uh that'll that'll tell you a lot that'll tell you a lot and i, and I guarantee you gsp will be making at least a million for at least a million disclosed for this fight let's where's the fight let's make sure it's in an area where they disclose pay Madison Square Garden, yes. So we will be able to find out what the pay is for um, this event. So, yeah, I mean, that's really all I want to talk about when it comes to that fight itself because we will have next week to kind of bounce some conversations back and forth. I don't even know, other than the co-main event, I don't know who else, who else is fighting. You got Cody, you got, you got Cody and TJ. We'll talk more about that next week. Steven Thompson and Jorge Masvidal. Um, we'll talk more about that. James Vick, J Joseph Duffy, that's going to be a great fight. Mickey Gall's on that card as well. Um, so you, we have a, quite a bit to look at for that fight itself, and we'll talk about it more that day. Or we'll talk about it more next um, – we'll talk about it more next week during the show. So, yeah, what else do I want to talk about? I mean, I, that's really basically it that um, for this week. I didn't want to cover too much. It's, it's a solo show today. So, um, we're basically really quiet when uh, it comes to this week. We will be back next week because Shawan and I will definitely be here to cover more um, content. So as always, you know, I appreciate everyone listening to the show. I appreciate everyone taking some time to uh, listen to the MMA, MMA Ratings Podcast. Again, be sure to like and share 
our content. You can um, see us on MMARatings.net. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter there as well. We're going to be doing better with Instagram coming up lately, so that's that's my fault. You can always follow our, our content leading into the, the, um, the fight game this week and fights this weekend and fights every weekend. Uh, we always have some good pieces between myself, Schwann, and Adam Hume, so, um, or Adam Martin. So be sure to, as always, follow our content. And again, we appreciate you guys. You know, we appreciate all of our listeners. Thank you again for once a great week. And we're sorry we're having a short show this weekend, but I mean, it's, it's just kind of a packed night. And Shawan isn't here with me tonight, so I basically said all I've wanted to talk about. But we'll be back next week to recap from UFC Fight Night 119. Look forward to UFC 217 and just keep going from there. So thank you, everybody, and have a great night.